This is Rashawn Slater, first round draft pick for the LA Chargers, and you're listening to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. Bolt up. G'day folks, and welcome to episode 95 of the Charged Up Bolts podcast. I'm your host, John Woods Jr. I'm joined by two of my fellow co-hosts this week. County neighbour over there at the top right, Dan King. We are now both Essex boys, as they say. So all the of you listening in the States and just to the uh, east of London. Um, so, yeah, we are now neighbours. How's it going, Dan? Recovered from COVID? Uh, yeah, may have it, may not have it. Don't really know. Definitely lost my voice last week. Seemingly unrelated. Um, but, yeah, not doing too bad right now. Right now. We'll see in the next couple of days if it hits. But as of right now, feeling average. <laughs> Our average is better than then over there, bottom of the screen, Dripping Springs, Texas, United States of America. How's it going, John? Oh, you know, just living the dream, buying shoes, getting prepared for the uh, for the game this weekend. Yeah, there were some pretty cool shoes, navy and uh, yellow. I, but I can't believe Mrs. Ayers vetoed the yellow shoes, man. I, you well, know I what? She just doesn't have an eye for fashion, apparently. <laughs> well. You, you guys turn up in the studio wearing powder blue, so I had to escape to the locker room to change into powder blue. Got to so, love the powder uh, blue. No, it's not doing J- James. What am I talking about? It's Joey Boza. Um, guys, we're, we're going to talk talk Jaguars. We're going to talk Justin Herbert. Um, it's not the result we wanted on Thursday night football. I know Bez, uh, Dan, and I were up to late hours of uh, Friday morning. Watching that roller coaster of emotion, um, I think the worst worst of the loss was the fact that we looked like we were losing Justin Herbert to the trainer's locker room. Pipkins rolled his ankle. Corey Lindsley, um, he went out. And John, I think the first thing I, I, I that came to mind when Lindsley went down was was yourself because I know how much you raved about bringing him into the. Uh, into building when we signed him a couple of seasons ago. And I think this is the thing with, with certain premier players on a roster, you know, you take them for granted and when they're not there, it really does show, you know, um, for Justin Herbert to lose two fifths of his offensive line, um, you know, that's, that's not going to go down well, especially when that offensive line is pretty established and, and the Chiefs started taking some, uh, you know, making some plays, getting some pressure, and obviously they, they hurt Justin Herbert. I mean, John, did, did you think that those those injuries were, were the key to our downfall, or do you think that the, the Chiefs knew out of players or, or all game? They, they were just waiting for their, their moment. Um, I mean, I, I honestly, there's not one thing that I would say you can point to and say, okay, this is the reason um they lost the game i think it was you know multiple things um lindsley going out was a big deal i mean i I saw a stat um that someone put up that the average um you know average uh yards per reception uh with lindsley in the game was somewhere around eight yards per reception on average and as soon as he was out of the game was four yards per reception why is that we went back to that quick fire short routes 
don't don't freak out you know don't try to tax the offensive line too much you know uh the run game looked very poor um for most of the game anyways but i think the second half was even worse um and he's a general out there so even if it wasn't a pressure that came up from the center um i think you saw that the interior of the offensive line in general started underperforming uh, Mike Filer had a tough game, and I don't know if that is if, if, if that's attributed to the fact that when Chris Jones moved over there, Chris Jones just kind of ate him for lunch. Uh, I don't know if there is some sort of issue where Filer felt like he was on an island um, because he didn't have Lindsay. I don't know, but I think the interior of the offensive line in general suffered when Lindsay went out. So it's it, he's an important part of that line, and to not have him there is is critical. So you know, hopefully he gets rested up, and this is just a minor thing that we can kind of work through. Um, the second thing I think that you can attribute to the game is honestly um, somehow uh, Staley getting too aggressive and not aggressive enough at the same time. Now, and I'll explain that. I think he was not aggressive enough because obviously he didn't, um, he, he was not going for, you know, fourth and Staley was not a thing, right? And obviously last year, as much as maybe he didn't want to admit it, he knew and everyone else knew the defense was not up to par. The players were not there. They were not very good. You couldn't really rely on them to get the stop or flip the field. This year, completely different scenario. You can rely on the defense to get a three and out. You can rely on them to force, you know, if you punt it and get them within the 10, which by the way, having a better punter also helps in these decision-making. Um, you know, if you can, you know, you're going to put them within the 10 and you're going to get a three and out and get the ball back right in your midfield. It makes more sense to punt it than it is to go for it. Right. So I think, I think there was just too much of that when they could have gone for points or they could have gone uh, for, you know, maybe a killer shot. I think that was a little bit too conservative on the other half. I think he got too aggressive and too cute in the second half of the game. And that what I'm talking about is blitzing. You, you notice if you look at the stats, he blitzed three times in the first half. Okay. Every time they blitz Mahomes made them pay. I said yeah. this in the beginning, do not blitz Patrick Mahomes. Do not blitz Patrick Mahomes. Create pressure with your front four or front five or whatever, front three, whatever you have up there. Create pressure with your defensive line, but do not blitz. Because when you blitz, he will eat you up, and that's what he did. Every time there was a big play, every time there was a game-changing moment, it felt like the Chargers blitzed, and he he caught them off guard, right? So three times they blitzed in the first half, which felt like, okay, fine. You want to blitz three times just to like create this idea that, hey, we may blitz. Fine with me. You got burned a few times, but still you held them in check. That offense, the Chiefs offense looked like crap in that first half. In the second half, they blitzed eight times. I don't understand that. It was working great in the first half, not blitzing. You you had their number in the first half, and then you change up what you're doing in the second half. I don't understand that. I haven't seen an explanation for that. But to me, that's a key reason why this defense got torched. That touchdown where J.C. Jackson gets torched and the safety help wasn't there over the top to help him out, guess what? They were blitzing, right? Yeah. Uh, that Kelsey, that big Kelsey play, which should have been a touchdown, but Derwin James body slammed him, right, to save a touchdown. They were blitzing, okay? Every time they were blitzing, something bad was happening. So I just, I hope Staley can look at this and process and go, okay, from now on two blitzes per half, I'm going to limit myself to two blitzes per half because I think he screwed up. I think yep. defensively calling, he screwed up by blitzing so much uh, and they paid for it. So I think all those things together kind of, you know, kind of basically were a reason for the loss, you know, not capitalizing the first half was a big deal too. I don't know, you know, the reason for them not being able to score in the first half. I don't know what happened. Uh, they looked like they could score that, you know, the first two drives looked like they were moving the ball mostly at will. 
and then all of a sudden they just died, right? And this happens a lot, and I don't understand. I don't know if this is a Lombardi thing. I don't know if this is a team thing, but it seems like they get some momentum, and it looks like this offense cannot be stopped, and then consistently in games, they go through three to four possessions like in a row where they look like they couldn't get a first down. Right. I just I don't understand why this offense has these consistent struggles, but they need to get it figured out because they need to put their uh, foot on the throat. You know, you see these teams like Buffalo, right? They get up and did they stop going for the end zone? Did they stop playing aggressive? No, they kept going for the win and they smashed the other team. You know, would they have won if they had gone conservative in the second half after taking the lead? Probably, but who knows? Why give them an opportunity to hang around? We gave the Raiders an opportunity to hang around. They almost beat us. We gave the Chiefs an opportunity to hang around. They did beat us. So I'm hoping they learn from this. And we see in Jacksonville this, or we see against Jacksonville this weekend at SoFi, we see them get up early, and then we see them just keep going for the throat. Yeah, Dan, thoughts on the uh, defeat to the Chiefs? I mean, it was <clears throat> it was it was tough to watch some of it, but. Um, like as as John's touched on already, there's there's so much where you're just thinking, no, don't just just don't don't do this, please. And then you, they they make you pay. Obviously, it was it was completely flipped when Lindsley and then Pipkins were were gone. Um, you could really see that pressure. Um, I mean, Zion had a good game. I don't know that we really touched much there. Uh, going up against Chris Jones, was it um, for the majority of it? Um, for like the first half, for almost the entire yeah. first half, Chris Jones was there, and then sometime in the second half, and I don't, I watched it through, but yeah, I wasn't they, like keeping they track. Him at some yeah, point. he went to the other side, and then just started punished just Filer, manhandling yeah. Filer. Yeah, so um, I mean, that's awesome though, right? That's a testament to Zion that one yeah, of the, one of the they had to move their like, guy. Nope. <laughs> yeah, um, so, so, I think so yeah. There's, there's promising things there, but we just need to kind of build on that. And sorry, was you were you were saying? No, 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 no. It's, I was just building on what you said. I think a couple of things that stood out for me was ASJ looks like a different player. That was an interception. There's 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 not a lot of consistency in the NFL. There was an interception call in one of the uh, early games of Sunday. It was given as an interception. The uh, defensive pass interference penalty was never oh, yeah. offensive uh, defensive pass interference in a million years. So, yeah, you could say that the, the Zebras didn't do us any favours, but you've got to make your own look. Um, there was... I didn't get into an argument on Twitter. Um, I was, you know, somebody was saying there was bad decisions made. I was like, okay, explain. You, you know, the the, the depth uh, chart. So, if you're going to... The reason why players write down that depth chart is because they're not quite good enough to make first you know the, the starting uh uh position on the roster you can't load your roster full of elite players because the salary cap for one and two if they're good enough you know if they're good enough to be in the starting lineup and they're not getting a place in in your roster they're going to go elsewhere it's a lottery with with some of these uh depth players because you don't know how they're going to perform will clap is not Corey Lindsley you know, and I think we start to lose our momentum there. But for Herbert to get hurt like he did, and I was screaming at the TV saying, get him out, get him out. I didn't want to see him on the field again. For him to come back and do what he did, wow. That pass. Uh, yeah, <laughs> He's a that's, ridiculous human. That's just not right. That's He shouldn't be doing it. 
when I'm saying he shouldn't be doing it, he sh- physically, it's all, it almost seems impossible for Justin Herbert to be doing that, especially when he's no, got... Yeah, and I, I was with you as well ribs. in, in <laughs> thinking, let's, like, this is a, a no-win situation. We're down the centre, we're down a right tackle, our quarterback's hurt. Don't put him back in there because we're not going to turn this around. Um, but I guess you never say never with Herbert. He did his darndest to turn it around. No, yeah, we didn't. But um, it does kind of look back and think, okay, yeah, we shouldn't have put him back in there, put him in the way um, of getting hurt potentially more seriously. Now, for what it's worth, um, there are reports today that he is throwing in practice. Yeah. Um, Austin Eckler spoke on his stream uh, last night um, that he was chatting to him in the uh, in the building, in the facility, um, and saying that, yeah, he's had rib injury before and this doesn't really feel any different and that he would, if he had to put money on it, he would put money on Herbert playing. Um, I think you're going to see that from a lot of people anyway. Um, you'll, you'll never get people un, like oversell the injury. You'll always yeah. get people underselling the injury to go like, yeah, oh no, he's, he's tough. He'll be there. Because now Doug Peterson's got a he's he's got to prepare to face Chase Daniel yeah. and Justin Herbert. He doesn't know what um what, what he's going to be getting. I mean, we've got to. I want to come on to another player. I want to heap praise on an individual in a minute, but John's already touched on him. But I think guys, <laughs> we need to bring up the Chargers' lack of a running game. Um, God, we, we, yeah. we, we have not seen it. We have not seen it. Um, in, in weeks one or two, that needs to change. You know, um, what is it? Twenty-eight rushes for seventy-five yards total yeah. for Eckler. Yeah, Sony Michelle is only averaging was it three point two yards a carry. It's not really going to cut it. We've we've got to do a better job, John. With the players that we've got, can we improve it? Are we? Are you going to see us dip into the market as, as we enter the final stretch of the regular season? I think there's one thing we can do as a team to improve our running game immediately. Um, and that's give Joshua Kelly more touches. And I know that sounds bananas, but I think it's the way to go. He has looked everything that I thought he could be coming out of UCLA. You know, I was a big fan. I planted my flag saying, Hey, I love this guy. I think this guy is that number two running back we've been waiting for. And I think Anthony Lynn did hit what Anthony Lynn does and just, ruined him uh and it's taken a little bit of time for him to get to come back from that but i think he's back to who he was and he has looked good he's looked decisive he has he looks like he's got some of that vision and elusiveness you know and again he's not some amazing you know he's not jonathan taylor let's not get it twisted okay he's not derrick henry but he has the ability to be an impact uh, runner and i think that he can still truck a few guys exactly he can still hurdle right we saw the hurdle the other day loved it right um I think he needs more touches as a traditional running back. You know, um, Austin Eckler, I think he's got, he's getting the right amount of touches. I think it's just, you know, the offensive line hasn't quite done their job in the run block game. I think there's some issues there and I don't know what it is. I'm not, you know, I'm not really a guru on figuring out what exactly who's missing their assignments and who's screwing it up, but it feels like, you know, Eckler's getting the right amount of touches as a traditional running back. Um, I'd love to see him 
get I'd love to see them creatively get him more involved in the passing game, i.e. line him up, you know, start in the backfield with two running backs and then line him up in motion as a receiver and get him like, you know, get him like a quick screen or, or wheel route or, you know, get him more involved in the passing game creatively. I'd love to see that more with Eckler. Um, but I think Joshua Kelly getting more traditional running back carries. Uh, I, I think there is something there that could make us a better team. So just my two cents. Yeah, I, th- I think you know th- there's there's improvements to be made uh, certainly in that in that department. But I want to talk about Derwin James. <laughs> They're going to be playing that clip for a long, long, long time. I mean, is it is there anybody in the NFL that can hit as hard as Derwin James um, outside of the uh, defensive end unit? He's hitting harder than linebackers. I mean, the way that he manhandled Travis Kelsey, wow. Just, just absolute phenomenal. And he's not a small strength. guy. No, he's not. He's a tight. I mean, he's one of the biggest tight ends of the game. And the way that he just stopped him dead in his tracks, then lifted him up in the air and just slammed him to the ground. I mean, wow. Wow. Um, that has got to give the defense, the whole team, a lift because he's a man that is playing up to that multi million dollar. Um, salary package that the the Chargers handed him uh, prior to week one, uh, you, you know. But here we are again. We're heading into week three. We've got so many positives and so many question marks. But I don't think that we'll ever see in any with any NFL team. Generally, you don't see enough of a sample size until we start a ro- rolling into week six, week seven. You know, uh, at that point, you really know what a team is capable of this time last year. Well, heading into week six or week five last year, no week six. Yeah. We were four and one. Uh, and then, and then look what happened. So we're, we're going to have a short break in a moment. We're going to come back. Obviously the, the chiefs was, was disappointing. I'm still standing by my guns. Five and one will be our divisional record. Um, the chiefs, you know, they, they got the win at the end of the day. They, they know how to get out of these jams. We've got to learn how to uh, also uh, step up when things get tough. But when you're losing, and essentially, we had four key players, not a full strength on, on Sunday. We, we didn't have Allen for a start. And then Herbert was playing probably at 30 to 40% of what he's capable of during during the, the latter part of the game. And then we lost our two key, uh, you know, um, guys in the trenches are, are up top. So it's it's another one of those it's, it's give and take. Um, and John, I think you're right with the, with the blitzing. It didn't work. We were made to pay. Um, we, we've got to learn from that. But in the same time, I am backing ASJ to get a couple of interceptions between now and week, week five because he just looks like a different person altogether. You were talking about Joshua Kelly having a new lease of life. And I think I think I think ASJ is as well. Uh, I think that's a testament to the coaching staff. But we're going to need everybody stepping up for Sunday because look at the stats and looking at what's what's happening down there uh with Doug Peterson. It's uh, it's going to be a feisty game. But we'll talk about that after this uh after this short break if I can find the advert. The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. 
If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100% with payouts bigger than ever. Why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down a stepped-up same-game parlays once per game all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN and get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome back to Charged Up Bolts podcast. We've just been talking Chiefs, some of the uh, highlights, some of the disappointments. Hot off the press, 13 minutes ago, Daniel Popper of The Athletic tweeted, Justin Herbert is day-to-day per Brandon Staley. Herbert threw yesterday and did some rotational work. He will participate in individual drills today, according to Staley. So we've got to take the positives. Um, home game, which means that Herbert hasn't got to get on a flight. He, he can recover a little bit more. Cross our fingers, folks, and pray for Justin Herbert and the rest of the offensive line. So Jacksonville, I had this down as an easy win heading into week one. Doug Peterson, Super Bowl winner. John, I think he's uh, he's surprised a few. The, the the Jacksonville Jaguars went down. Jaguars, as you guys say in the states, went down to Commanders in Week One, but then blew the doors off the Colts. Um, a lot of people on the hot seat in Indianapolis, but a twenty-four zip shutout. Um, and surprisingly, DVOA, the Jags ranked second overall in DVOA. I mean, that is absolutely crazy. I tested Dan on this before we came in anyway. It's got it's got to be near the bottom. No, it's not. So the Jags rank ninth on offense, three on defensive DVOA, and 22nd on special teams. John, Jacksonville, worried? Should we be worried? No. Um, I, I, I don't think so. I watched um I rewatched some of the Jacksonville game uh from last week, and um I mean it was fine. Uh, Le- Trevor Lawrence is looking okay, but here's the deal. Their offense is predicated on a lot of quick passing. Uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence, much like um, Patrick Mahomes, seemed to uh, really enjoy when the blitz came because when they brought extra pressure, he knew he had one-on-ones and he was making smart choices with the ball. So that's pretty good. However, the Colts defense was not impressive. They do not have the secondary that, that the Chargers have. Um, their defensive line cannot create the kind of pressure that the defensive line of the Chargers can. It's not the same defense, okay? And I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have a much tougher time um, because I think Staley is going to recognize the fact that he can bring pressure um, without blitzing, and he can fake blitzing, and he can confuse Trevor Lawrence. And, you know, for all this great things that we had about Trevor Lawrence coming out of college. He has struggled a little bit in the NFL. Uh, part of that was coaching, I'm sure. But this year, I just don't, you know, he looks good. He does. He, he looks good, but he's not explosive, in my opinion. He's not super exciting, in my opinion. And I don't really think he has some really scary weapons. Christian Kirk is fine. I, I like Christian Kirk. He's a good player, but he's not some elite number one ride receiver like he's supposed to be for that team. You know, who else do they have? Marvin Jones. Agnew, like it's not super impressive. 
Uh, the other thing I noticed is that the run game is, has not been super effective either for them. So, um, you know, and that's something that seems to be uh, so occasionally a problem for the Chargers. So if the Chargers are not going to have to worry too much about the run game and they can focus on getting after Trevor Lawrence and confusing him and, and being ball hawks, uh, also Trevor Lawrence is not going to get the same referee calls uh, negating all of his interceptions. So, uh, I expect there to be two to three turnovers this game forced by the defense. Um, so I, I think that's going to be good. And as far as the, the Jacksonville defense goes, um, you know, it looks, it looks pretty good. I mean, here's the issue. They, they've got some pretty good corners, right? Uh, the, the corners that they have, uh, are very impressive, but their safeties look lost out there. You know, Rayshon Jenkins is their second best safety, and he looks yep. he looks bad. I mean, real bad, at least against the Colts he did. So, I mean, this is something that I think the Chargers can figure out how to, especially someone like a Mike Williams, uh, can figure out how to expose is that, hey, once you get past those uh, two corners, uh, the, the rest of the, the secondary, not great. Uh, the defensive line for the Jags is pretty good, but nothing I don't think that this offensive line can handle, assuming they are healthy. So, um, you know, with Keenan Allen day to day, hopefully coming back, Corey Lindsay, Trey Pipkins, Herbert, all day to day, potentially coming back. Donald Parham Jr. I don't know. Um, you know, I, I think that this is a still a very I mean, it's not a cakewalk, right? It's not like, a, oh, hey, you know, they just have to show up and they get the win because there's no game like that in the NFL. We know we see this every year, every season. The Chargers seem to have a game or two like Texans last year where it should be a cakewalk. You should just walk right over them, but they lose it. So it's not a cakewalk. It's not a free win, but this is definitely a super winnable game. There's nothing about the Jaguars offense or defense that necessarily scares me. Um, uh, They haven't really, you know, their, their, their win against the Colts was nice, but it wasn't much of a win to be perfectly honest. The Colts on offense, gave the ball away a few times. That was just stupid mistakes, poor, poor decisions by Ryan, just uh, poor job ball security. It just, it was not a good job by the, you know, Ryan looked pretty lost in that, in that pocket for someone who's supposed to be a veteran. He didn't, his pocket presence was not great. Not like Herbert who has amazing pocket presence. So it's just, there's, there's not a lot that screams to me. The Jaguars are a for real team. So uh, they can still definitely win. This is not a game to look past, but there's no reason in my mind that they should lose to the Jaguars. This should be a pretty, pretty straightforward victory for them. Dan, what do you like about this game? What don't you like about this uh, matchup on Sunday at the SoFi? There's not a lot. I don't like about it really. Um, until, I see it in person from the Jags. I don't have any faith in the Jags. Um, and I think we're better than we were last time we beat the Jags. Um, they're better than they were, but we're also better than we were. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this this game. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to the time it's on um, as compared to last week. Uh, I'd much rather watch a game at 9 p.m. than at 1.30 a.m., but, um, yeah, uh, John touched on it. There's there's not really anything there to really scare you weapon-wise. I mean, Kirk, yeah, he's 100-and-something yards so far this season, but that's that's one guy. They don't have anyone else over 100 yards. Um, I know there's only been two games, but come on. Um, yeah, I think... I think... Yeah, sorry, go on. The, the only other thing I was going to touch on, we didn't uh, mention Travis Etienne has been there as their kind of dump the ball off to him guy. Um, yeah, that would be a good I mean, test for our run defense. In the he's, league he's, now, yeah, but... he's, he's good. 
he's good on his day, and that'd be a good test for our run defense to uh, to to stop him. I mean, I personally think the game. Look, if Herbert plays, there's going to be some concerns. They might hook him late on in the fourth. If he doesn't play, clearly we've got a, a different type of offense. I think the game's going to be won on Sunday with our defense. And I'll say it out loud. I do not like Trevor Lawrence. The way that he walked into the NFL from college that, you know, is a messiah and that he was going to be um, the next thing to slice bread. He's a generational player. How many times have we heard that from scouts? And it hasn't transpired. He was erratic last year with his throwing. And I know he's tightened things up this season. But guess what? You're going up against two elite pass rushers this uh, weekend. Joey Bosa and Cleo Mack actually have combined for a total of 18 pressures in two games. I think Mack's on for his fifth sack. Uh, Bosa's on for his, his third sack. That They're generating a lot of heat. Um, I think Chris Rumpf will come. Uh, I think he'll get some, uh, some, some snaps. He will be allowed to get some pressures this time around. And you're right, Dan, we are, you know, Jacksonville have improved partly because of Doug Peterson and they've got better coaching. But I, I do think that the, the the charges are a million times from where we were the last time we played the Jags. But it's it's whether or not now we can we can live with a depleted offense because um, I don't think Keenan Allen's necessarily going to play. So whether or not our special teams and defense can can generate enough um, when they've been, you know when they when they're in possession or or when when they've got the opportunity, should I say? to allow our our own offence to convert. We had far too many three and outs against the Chiefs. Uh, and I think we've we've got to take every opportunity as it comes when we've got the football, because this could be a potentially a, a lower scoring game that we've seen through the first two weeks of the Chargers. But it is going to be all on the defence. If 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 Herbert's missing, if Lindsley's missing, if 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 Pipkins is missing, if if Keenan Allen's missing, then we are going to see our depth shot really tested and and, and Doug Peterson is, is going to stress test that. And that's probably what his message will be to his players heading into our uh, game on Sunday. I mean, John Etienne last season, he would probably run all over us, but I think we've got enough talent there now. We, we've, we've got enough, um, you know, behind the trenches to actually um, stop him making big plays. Do, do you think that we... We'll um, we'll we'll pay necessarily any attention to him, you know, above the rest of the Jags' offense, or do you, or do you think we'll just take every snap as it comes? Um. Well, I mean, first off, uh, to be fair, Travis Etienne wasn't running against anybody last year, um, <laughs> uh, because of, because of injury, but um, uh. Here's my thing. I'm not worried about the run game. I'm not worried about the offense of the Jags at all. All right. Let's be real here. They scored 22 points against the commander's defense. And I put defense in quotes who just got smoked by Jared Goff and the Lions. <laughs> when Jared Goff is putting up like 40 points on your defense, yeah. you don't have a defense. All right. Something's wrong with your defensive scheme. All right. And then they scored 24 like points. Defense. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. That was awful. Yeah. I just, I, I was just <laughs> pretending I didn't hear it. Um, Ooh, there's some feedback in here. Um, <laughs> so the, uh, and then they score 24 points against the Colts, who, again, not a super impressive defense. Their defense has looked pretty 
pretty atrocious so far this year. It feels like it's not really clicking in. And, and 24 points is not a lot of points, but I think that defense was helped or the offense of the Jags was helped by a poor offensive showing by the Colts who turned the ball over, giving them shorter fields, allowing them a lot of opportunities. So this offense running game, passing game, none of it scares me. Okay. There's no reason Chargers defense cannot manhandle the Jaguars. It's just no reason. Like I, it, honestly, if if the Jaguars score over twenty one points, I think it's a failure on the defensive side of the ball. Unless it's all in like garbage time, they're playing prevent, and we got all our backups in there, you know. And Jerry Tillery is our main guy out there. Then probably yeah. Um, but other than that, um, I, there's no reason this team uh, they can't hold the Jaguars twenty one points. This offense is not very special. Um, so there's a. Question for you both. I'm going to put you in the hot seat because there's, there's somebody in the coaching booth that's in the hot seat. Um, Joe Lombardi was getting a lot of heat on social media on Thursday night football. Um, and then I've also seen writings in the athletics saying that, you know, with, with Herbert's talent, that the Chargers should be performing a lot better. Two part question. I'll start with you, Dan. In your opinion, is, is, is Joe Lombardi on the hot seat? And secondly, does he get a stay of execution or does he get a bit of a longer rope if our, if you like, premier offence doesn't roll out on Sunday, i.e. Justin Herbert doesn't play and he doesn't have his uh, five, you know, premier oh, yeah, um, offensive yeah. linemen. So, you know, so over to... Um, as far as being on the hot seat, I don't, I don't think necessarily. Um, yeah, there's things we'd definitely love to see different. I, I don't want to see third quarter run, 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 punt, run, 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 punt, run, run, throw, punt. Um, but um, we don't know for certain how much of that is on him. Um, how much is the... Um, Kind of mentality being passed down from above there that we go conservative in that third quarter until it costs us. Um, and for sure, if people aren't there Sunday, there's you can't then hold that against him to say, okay, well, we didn't put up 40 points. Herbert wasn't playing, but we didn't put up 40 points, and that's on you, Joe. Um, because you can only work with what you've got. Um, yep. And yes, he should be making the best of what he's got, but if the best of what you got is is um, not Justin Herbert, then it's going to be a little bit different. John, is he on the hot seat? And, and does he get a, a longer sort of uh, stay of execution if we don't have our premier offense out there? Um, no, I don't think it's a hot seat. Um, he is, first of all, he's got very strong connection with Brandon Staley. So yep. you'd have to convince Staley that he is not doing a good job. So I, I think that'll take a lot more than a, underperforming offense for a couple weeks, um, especially an underperforming offense without Keenan Allen. Um, so I don't think he's on a hot seat. I think the charges would have to miss the playoffs again, and the offense would have to be the direct problem for him to lose his, uh, for him to lose his job. Assuming the Chargers make the, uh, the, the, the playoffs, which I, 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 again, no reason they should not make the playoffs. Um, I mean, technically they still have the AFC West within grabs, um, because they played the Chiefs one more time. The Chiefs still have to play the Bills. Um, so um, I don't see any reason why, as long as they're in the playoffs, Lombardi would get fired. Like I said, it would have to be a scenario where literally the offense is so bad and the def- and they're winning games like, you know, 
17 to 10 because the defense is dominant. That would be like, if that's happening, okay, yeah, you, there's no way you can say, like, with Justin Herbert, there's no way you should only be scoring this many points. So he's fired. But I, I don't see that happening. I think even if even if this is all his fault, which, again, I agree with Dan, I don't think it's all his fault. He can only do with what he can. You know, offensive line issues with injuries, missing Keenan Allen, blah, blah, blah. Like, I think there's only so much Lombardi can do, right? Um, and I think he's doing his best to, number one, take care of Justin Herbert. Uh, and then number two, not to throw the game away that the defense is is kind of winning for them. So, you know, maybe he's too conservative. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think it's a, a direct detriment necessarily to the team in every scenario. Um, there are definitely plenty of plays where the offense looks good. And then there's, you know, our favorite friend, the drop, you know, or a yeah. miscommunication. Right. We saw how many times did we see Palmer and Herbert not on the same page. Right. Some of those were Herbert's fault. Some of those were Palmer's fault. Right. Like it, it can't all be attributed to um to our offensive coordinator right lombardi does isn't out there throwing the ball he isn't running the routes he isn't running the ball he's the, not blocking the, the, pick, the pick six a prime example isn't it you know Everett. well that's a whole other conversation on ever like let me let me put it this way Everett was like like a second or third round pick or something like he was a pretty high draft pick i thought um uh, by the rams and they just let him walk right um i think it was a third rounder uh, they let him walk why did they let him walk well, because Everett, for all the talent he has, he kind of has a history of giving up on plays every once in a while or yeah. doing the wrong thing or whatever, right? So he was expendable by a team who's willing to throw money at every problem, right? Uh, obviously, they were able to draft and, and, and get Higby in there, and they like him a lot. But still, they felt the need to replace Everett for a reason, right? So not saying that it was necessarily all his fault. He was obviously gassed. He wanted to come out. But maybe you put in a little bit more effort or if you're that tired and you're not going to actually run a route, fall down. I don't care. Let let the snap the ball and then just fall down. Right. The worst thing he did was start to run the route like, oh, hey, I can run my route. And then Justin Herbert sees, oh, he's running his route. He must be OK to run a route and then do nothing. Right. It's like because you're, you're kind of fooling your own quarterback there. Like yeah. he should he should have just if he was that tired and he was just going to do nothing, he should just stood at the line of scrimmage and done nothing. Or fall sure. down. You, or you see yeah. your guy running. You think, okay, he's open. He's there. Yeah. You think he's going to make a play for the ball, or he's going to do what he's supposed to do, not just run and kind of turn around and be like. Eh. So I, I'm with you guys. It's far too early to be calling out Joe Lombardi. You know, we, we, when we get to week seven, six or seven, we'll know where we're at. When we come back after this short commercial break, we're going to be talking. We're going to be um, talking projections and see what the guys think. Win, loss. We'll be back very shortly. Hey, Bolt fam. John Woods Jr. here from the Charge at Bolts podcast. We've got a great offer for you from Raycon. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of World War II uh, podcasts from James Holland and Al Murray, a.k.a. the We Have Ways of Making You Talk podcast. And it's been great. One of the reasons it's been great is because I listen to uh, you using the Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever with optimized gel tips for the perfect in-here fit. These earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge. Trust me. Raycons give you eight hours of playtime and a 30-hour battery life. Raycons are priced just right and you get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. I love the earbud tap functions and the noise isolation mode and the awareness mode. Really important for me when I'm on my two to three hour round trip commute 
across London on the London Underground. You've got to get a pair of these folks. Go to buyraycon.com slash TPPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash TPPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash TPPN. Welcome back, guys. Um, more breaking news just in. Chris Harry reports on Twitter. Keenan Allen, Donald Parham Jr., Trey Pipkins and Corey Lindsley are all day-to-day, according to Coach Staley. So, again, fingers crossed, pray and hope that all those um, guys are healthy, ready for Sunday. Predictions, come on, Dan. Ah, 30-17. Chargers win. Chargers win 30-17. I'll take that. John. Um, I'm kind of on the same page. I, I think about 13, 17 is probably the right number, probably because of garbage time. So um, I'm thinking it's actually going to be pretty close to it, but I'm going to go 27, 17. Um, I just think, you know, I think we get one defensive score. Actually, I think this might be the game. I think there, I think, I think uh, Asante is lamenting that he probably should have had a pick six. Um, and I think he makes up for it this week with a pick six. So ASJ to score one of our touchdowns. Uh, and we go and we win 27-17. I'll take that. I'm going re- I'm going really, really conservative um this time around. 17-10 charges. 17-10 charges. I I have a funny feeling that Herbert will be rested for this game. I don't think they'll risk him. That's just my gut feeling. I think Chase Daniel will come in. We'll find a way to put 17 on the board. The defense will step up, hold Trevor Lawrence. Uh, and the offense to 10 charges walk off at two and one and then start thinking about week four when we hopefully we can bring back some of those uh premier players but yeah so i'll get to bez's uh prediction later on tonight or tomorrow and then we'll we'll have a look at that one uh this time next week any final thoughts guys on jaguars at charges i'll be in mexico by the way i'll be in mexico on the beach watching that game repping the uh, colours, the the jerseys. Oh, I'm taking out there's shorts, flip flops, and Chargers gear, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> no, just uh, excited to catch my first game at SoFi this season. Um, so, um, are you going with your wife? Yes, you we will there? be there. We'll be tailgating some breakfast tacos, and then uh, we'll be out there to cheer the game on. Hopefully, they get up big, get up early, and can get out there before traffic gets too bad. Um, but otherwise, you know, we're excited for the game. Brilliant. Dan, any final points? Nah, mate. I'm just looking forward to a, a reasonable time. <laughs> that's, that's that's all I can ask for right now. Reasonable time and, and, and a healthy Justin Herbert. Heck yeah. Thank you for listening to the Charge Up Bolts podcast. We'll be back next week to review this game. Look forward and hopefully we'll talk about a win. Thanks for tuning in and bolt up. Bolt up. Bolt up. <laughs>